This bonus episode of Hitting Play is brought to you by Mail a Potato. There's something in the mail from your cousin Jake. That better be the hundred bucks he owes me. A potato? Alright, I'll call off the debt. Mail a potato. Packages start at just $100 and one cent. Enter promo code Hitting Play for one cent off at checkout. Best way to start your day is by hitting play. Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of Hitting Play, the podcast where we review, analyze, and discuss shows, movies, and other curiosities. I am Scott, your co-host and moderator for this episode, and joining me as always is Lily. Why, hello there. And Sean. Hi. <laughs> Well, this week we figured we would do something a little different, and instead of discussing one show, one episode in particular, we decided that we would take a look ahead at some of the summer movies coming out, and what particularly interested us, what trailers, what news, and uh, we figured we'd discuss some of them. Super excited! <laughs> there are some great movies coming out this summer. There's a lot uh, definitely to look forward to, and then of course even... As the summer turns into fall and fall into winter, there are still some great movies on the horizon. Of course, if you want to hear more about the two Star Wars trailers in depth, please see our previous episodes. Yes, there will always be new movies coming out in this day and age. That's for sure. I'm sorry I cut you off there a minute ago. What were you going to say? (laughs) I was just going to say that I will kick off this review with a movie... Probably not tailored to our viewers that much, but I figure it's still relevant enough to discuss Pitch Perfect 2. You know, the original Pitch Perfect was pretty much the hallmark chick flick for the past however many years it's been out. Been grossing an absorbent amount of money since it has come out. So Pitch Perfect 2. It follows the story of the Barden Bellas, which are an acapella group of their university. In the plot of this movie in particular, where after a horrible accident where one of the Barden Bellas flashes the president, the Bellas are banned or suspended from competing in any sort of competitions or practicing, which you know is the most terrible thing on the planet. Oh yes. Yeah. So they're replaced by the university's, you know, local German a cappella group for some reason. Of course. Yes. It writes um, itself. So in order to reinstate their status as the a cappella group of the university, they have to win an international competition in which apparently the United States never wins, <laughs> <laughs> which is so common with many other sports like, you know, soccer or something. To How that effect. dare you? How oh, that's outrageous. <laughs> Well, our, our our soccer team is pretty lame. Apologies yeah. to Landon Donovan, who listens to this show. Does he really? No, of course not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my um, by the way, this movie is coming out in about a week uh, at the time of this recording, in May 15th. So some faces you will see in this movie are... In the, uh, oh, are He's in a, a good ca- actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are... Anna Kendrick, of course, who plays the main character, Bella, and mm-hmm. Rebel Wilson, playing the iconic Fat Amy role. <laughs> Another what? face. That's the name yeah, of Yeah, that's her character's name. That's her Fat name. Fat Amy? Yeah. That's, it's like an icon in society oh now. Rebel Wilson is amazing. But my favorite person in this movie, pretty much the main reason I decided to go over this in particular, is Flula Borg. He started on YouTube, and they cast him as one of the uh, leading roles for the a cappella-er on the German group that takes over at the university after the Bellas get suspended. What he does on YouTube, or what he started doing, he actually is from Germany. He's a musician on Mm -hmm. YouTube who creates popular songs, recreates them, and covers them with loop tracks, and it's all live. And he does a series called Auto-Tunes, where it's all inside of his car. It's the most incredible thing I've ever seen, I swear. So definitely check out Flula on YouTube to see one of the stars of this movie. He's worth a watch. F-L-U-L-A. And what's his last name? 
Borg. Resistance like is futile. Yes, a Star <laughs> Trek villain. So uh, prepare yourself for the innuendos and uh, prepare to have your favorite songs acapella-ized. <laughs> <laughs> the first one I heard, I mean, obviously these movies are not made for me. They're not anything I, I would think that I would ever watch. But from what I hear, they're they're pretty good. People seem to enjoy them. You know, they're... um. It's the first one was a cheesy romance story, uh, but I like the musical aspect of the movies. Do you know who's in that movie? And this is the only reason I might see it. Who's that? An actress, Katie Segal. I was right. Oh, Leela, who played Leela and Futurama, and Peg Bundy. I'll watch it for that. I might see this. This looks. This is a a movie that, if my wife wanted to watch it, I would might fall asleep during it. <laughs> High praise indeed. <laughs> it's a commendable movie. I if you say. like it, Lily, that's that's great. I think that's wonderful. I'm indifferent. I like the music. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Yeah, let's let's just go through. Who would? What are the chances we would see this? Yeah, of course, Lily will definitely see it. Scott, what do you I think? will not definitely see it. <laughs> there is a fifteen percent chance I will see this movie. I was going to say fifteen, but okay, twenty percent chance I'll see this movie sometime in the next ten years. Ah, uh, percentage wise, yes. I don't know. Probably 50. 50%. Wow. 50%. Yeah. Great. Their their, uh, tagline for this is, we're back, pitches. (laughs) Wow. Which I think is supposed to be a a bad word there. Is it? Yeah. These are the innuendos Lily warned us about. (laughs) Innuendos. Don't take your children to this film. It's PG PG 13. So take your responsible adolescent to you with this. this (laughs) Yes. As long as they're 13. Yeah. But uh, but if I not, have... you're breaking the law. <laughs> but I have heard good things about you know the the previous one and the people that are in this movie like Anna Kendrick, you know she can sing. She has a very good voice. We saw her, I believe, at the Oscars. Did she even sing there? I think. And uh, what's the what is the movie that she was just in? Oh. The musical, Into the Woods. I think it's called Into in, the Woods. Into the Wild, the one with the uh, maybe the guy who got <laughs> Into the Woods. The... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, not 127 hours. Yes. No, that's got to cut his arm off. So my recommendation is see this movie if you like music, because the music numbers are great. Okay. Very good. So my first pick is a film which I've seen all three trailers for, and I still can't quite figure out what it's about. (laughs) (laughs) It's called Tomorrowland. Oh, yes. It will be coming out, it's rated PG, it's coming out May 22nd in the United States. It stars George Clooney. It also stars a girl named Britt Robertson, who plays a character named Casey Newton. And it also has Tim McGraw in it, who plays an unnamed character according to IMDb. So maybe he plays himself, I don't know. <laughs> well, he's you know, he was in the blind side, so he does have acting chops. So, yeah, I, well, I look at this movie, and again... I don't really know what it's about. It seems like it's a advertisement for Disney World. It looks pretty good. It looks like it has special effects. Oh, it's about plenty. some this girl finds a little pin that's from Disney World or something, Tomorrowland pin, and when she touches it, it takes her to a nice futuristic place. It looked like it was a perfectly good Disney film. And the last trailer I saw, which I watched today, the third one, involved guns and trying to shoot George Clooney. Oh. So I don't know what exactly is going on. Apparently they go to the future, or this is what the description says here. Bound by shared destiny, a shared destiny, a teen bursting with scientific curiosity and a former boy genius, inventor, embark on a mission to unearth the secrets of a place somewhere in time and space that exists in their collective memory. So, Hmm. I, I don't know. I'm guessing this coincides with the renovation of Tomorrowland at Disney World? I, I guess uh, so. Yeah, uh, my... My um family's all into Disney. They subscribe to a Disney World magazine. Did you know that exists? <laughs> I did not know that. For people who just want to be up to date on the status of the parks. I don't understand the appeal, but it exists, I guess. Wow. Well, yeah. saying from somebody who's been to Disney World a few dozen times at this point. Yeah, Sean's my... pro Disney. Uh, I don't know if I'm pro Disney, but I'm <laughs> I'm forced to go to Disney because my wife and my mother-in-law love Disney World more than life itself. <laughs> you know, Tomorrowland isn't my favorite land in Disney World. I, I only like the ride in that. I don't like Space Mountain. 
I like the carousel of progress. So if they have that in the movie, I think I'll enjoy it. I hope it's good. It looks good. It, interesting little piece of trivia about this movie. The director is Brad Bird. Does anybody oh, yeah. know who Brad Bird is? I do know who Brad Bird is. Do you know why, where he, we could reference him from? I know that Brad Bird was a early director on The Simpsons. He had a lot to do with the uh, creation of Krusty the Clown. He also directed The Incredibles, which is also a great movie. That yes. is a great movie. And another point is that he was sought out to be the first choice for the director's job on Star Wars Episode Seven. Yes. The Force Awakens. And he hmm. declined in order to film this movie, Tomorrowland. So I'm guessing it's pretty Ugh. stinking good. Brad, what are you doing? <laughs> I hope it's just not an advertisement for Disney World, because I will vomit in my seat at the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> well, I anticipate the vomit. Probably. Yeah, well. Well, don't sit yeah. in front of Sean. Anybody it's always listening. good to anticipate vomit. <laughs> yeah, plan accordingly. Yes. In fairness to Brad Bird, I do believe he was already committed to this when he was approached for Star Wars, and he had to decline the job because i you can't imagine he'd pick tomorrowland over star wars but well you, you know I, he's I a great know. director though according to the quotes i see that he i don't know if he was already committed but he said that when you get the rare chance to do an original film like tomorrowland you take the opportunity <laughs> you gotta say that of course he's or a... <laughs> you accept the million dollar contract disney has offered yeah, you <laughs> well, I, I don't know so for my percentages of me seeing this film if someone pays for me to see this film with them, it's probably a 60% chance I'll see it. <laughs> if not, I'll wait until it comes out on something, DVD, and I'll watch it then. But I, you know, I'm not going to run out and opening night and watch Tomorrowland. Uh, now, where do you think this will rank as far as the Disney ride movies? Like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? We know oh, no. Country Bear Jamboree had its own movie. I, I can't. It did. It did, unfortunately. <laughs> no, it's it's nowhere going to be near Pirates of the Car uh, Caribbean, as I call it. Caribbean. Whatever. The Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be... I don't think it's going to be a flop, but I don't think it's going to be a super hit that's going to spawn numerous sequels. From the description on IMDb or the trailers, I just don't see it. I so, guess it's gonna be my percentage... If I were, if from your description and based on my relationship with Disney, which I guess is hit or miss, I probably, there's like a 20% chance I'll see this movie. Yeah, I would say about that for myself. I, a little higher than Pitch Perfect 2 because I, there is a very good chance that uh, Sean's kids will make me watch it when I go over their house or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, possibly. That, that's probably the way I'll see it, too. That's how I saw Big Hero 6. Although, that was and a that great was movie. that was a great movie. That was a great movie. But that's one of the ones I probably wouldn't have gotten around to, so. I love Big Hero 6. See, I want to see that movie. I haven't gotten around to it yet. It's fantastic, and it has Stan Lee in it, so how can you... Disney's first animated adaptation of a Marvel comic. Yep, it's fantastic. Well, speaking of Marvel Comics adaptations, uh, one movie that I'm really looking forward to seeing is called Ant-Man. That's going to be coming to theaters July 17th, 2015. And this is a movie that, man, it's been in the works since 2006. It's been a really long time. Yeah, it's just been kind of in limbo and back and forth. Like, Edgar Wright was supposed to direct it. He's the guy that did uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I don't know if you're familiar with that movie. That was such a good movie. Yeah, he's a great director. And he did uh, Attack the Block. I think that was where he got his first real mainstream critical success and acclaim and everything. And he was supposed to do this film, direct this film. He wrote uh, a screenplay and everything with a writing partner. And then he got committed to do other films. And then he had some creative differences and he actually left the project. And then Peyton Reed was then selected to direct, which I'm kind of excited about. Peyton Reed, he's a friend of Tom Sharpling, host of the best show, mm -hmm. which is a, a great show. And mm -hmm. he's directed some interesting things over the years. He directed the Weird Al show. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Fantastic. He directed Mr. Show, which is a, a very influential sketch comedy show that aired on HBO in the mid to late 90s, as well as the Upright Citizens Brigade, which is one of my all-time favorite shows. That's another very underrated show. So he's been involved in a, a lot of things that I enjoy. So it'll be, it'll be cool to see somebody like that get 
a shot at a, a huge, big-budget blockbuster. Now, was Ant-Man, was he ever a member of any groups like the Avengers or anybody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is actually... It's funny, because Ant-Man is part of the Avengers. He is, okay. Yeah, he is. Uh, it's actually Hank Pym that is the oh yes. member of the Avengers, but he was also giant man and he's ant man and he's yellow jacket he had all these suits that enabled him to do all these things hank pym is actually going to be played by michael douglas in this movie mm. oh it's like a, yeah yeah i think i saw it in the trailer so it's like he they're, he's passing down the uh gauntlet i guess you can say or whatever or the torch yeah the torch yeah well <laughs> you say gauntlet i say gauntlet you say torch well the the, yeah. the gauntlet's the coming in tomorrow. avengers 3 we'll worry about the gauntlet that's what i was then. thinking about yeah. i was just listening to a comic uh geek speak about that gauntlet <laughs> of uh of Thanos. Of Thanos, yes. Do you think that this movie will cause like a resurgence in the comic series for Ant-Man? Oh yeah, I think so. I, I think I think Marvel is noticing trends in all of these characters. Like Guardians of the Galaxy, I heard recently that after that movie came out, what is it, 2014, summer of 2014? Now mm -hmm. every yeah. member of the Guardians of the Galaxy has their own individual comic book series. Yep, miniseries or... Yeah, even Groot. Yeah, how does Groot sustain his own comic book? I don't know, but... Rocket Raccoon, yeah. Kid, well, Rocket, <laughs> I can understand, but... I am Groot. Groot. yeah. But kids want it, you know? People yeah. see these characters, they want to get their... Buy their first appearance. Like, for example, Groot was just like a... I think he was in, like, Tales to Astonish in the 60s. He was just... Every week they had a different monster, or uh, every month they had a different monster, and he was a tree monster. You know, it's just uh, from Crazy. humble beginnings. And don't call him a monster. I mean, he's misunderstood. <laughs> well, we are Groot, aren't we? We are Groot. I am Groot. It's smart of Marvel to just, like, recycle old ideas, I mean. Yeah, they own the it, properties. Might as well. I, you know, yeah. I'd be interested in seeing this because I really didn't know anything about Ant-Man. He's not, like, a huge, well, to me at least, wasn't a huge character in the comic No pun book, intended. So. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing the movie. I, you know, I will definitely see this, I would think. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting because what it basically is from what I can gather from the trailers, I didn't really research any additional leaked information or anything like that, but it's basically Michael Douglas is going to be the original Ant-Man and he's kind of being pushed out of his own company. He's kind of like Tony Stark. There's a yeah. Pym Industries. But he's kind of like a, a little crazier, a little more unhinged than Tony Stark, it seems. And that's pretty unhinged. Yeah, if you can imagine. And yeah. he's kind of he's kind of like pushed out of the company by this new guy played by Corey Stoll. This is the the character that eventually becomes Yellow Jacket. So this Yellow Jacket will be the primary antagonist, from what we can tell. And he's going to be like the new leader of Pym Industries. So Michael Douglas's character kind of has to work underground, and he for some reason, is able to observe and monitor this criminal uh, named Scott Lang, and this is Paul Rudd's character. And he's going to kind of mentor him, give him the Ant-Man suit, and show him how to harness these powers. He's going to be able to shrink, and he's also going to be able to communicate with ants. I wasn't sure <laughs> if they were going to include that power, but yes. <laughs> so, like, why not? Aquaman to fish, Ant-Man to ants, if you can understand it's like a telepathy i guess i don't know does he also have the strength of an ant like he can lift like yeah okay yeah and that's going to be a, that's a big part of it is he's uh the, the more he the smaller he gets the greater his proportional strength is oh, oh okay that's useful and the ants are like his allies so you can see he's almost he's like running around and they're almost like the size of i don't know large dogs to him you know so he's like running with a bunch of ants in in the trailer <laughs> Raised by a pack of ants. Yeah. It reminds me of, do you, do you guys remember Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Yeah. Yes. It's like, oh, please. No, after, after as a young child, I saw a poor auntie get killed by the scorpion. Brought back <laughs> terrible, great. terrible memories. It was terrible. Who has scorpions in their backyard, though? The Zelensky family does, evidently. They didn't live anywhere where I don't think there were scorpions around. I mean. <laughs> so basically, uh. Paul Rudd's character, Scott Lang, is going to be this... He's like a career criminal. He has a sick daughter at home. And he's stealing to help pay for her or to help her in some way. There is different... This is pretty consistent with the comic book. Scott Lang is the character that came around, I think, 1979 in The Avengers. 
So even though he's like the new Ant-Man, he's still been around for quite a while. So he's going to be, you know, it's like a redemption story pretty much. Think of the Sandman character from Spider-Man 3, but if done the right way. Yes. I guess. (laughs) And what I'm looking forward to is from what I've heard, this is going to help us as fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe bridge the gap between the 1960s and the 1980s. Because if you look at the IMDb listings, uh, John Slattery comes back as Tony Stark's father. Howard Stark. Howard Stark, thank you. And uh, Agent Carter, Peggy Carter, is in in this movie. Oh, really? Okay. So what we're going to get, from what I gather, is some flashbacks of, you know, the early days of S.H.I.E.L.D., but they're going to show us how we get to the shield of the first Iron Man movie. There's a huge chunk of, you know, timeline that we're missing here, and this is going to give us some flashbacks and and help us bridge that gap. So the fight sequences look great. The choreography looks awesome. There's a funny scene if you look at the the trailer for Ant-Man where they're fighting shrunken down on a Thomas the Tank Engine track. So to us as the observer, we just see this little toy train fall, but to them they're throwing cars at one another. (laughs) And the, the marketing has been really funny. I don't know if you guys saw that they made tiny billboards and put them on sidewalks in different no, places. No, really? Yeah. That's that's right. That's very clever. Yeah. Until you step on one. Not so much. Yeah. <laughs> Until it's like a Lego piece in your foot. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, I, I think there's a probably 90% chance I'll, I'll eventually see this eventually, but probably in a the theater, I would say. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely see this movie. 100%. Yeah, yeah same here. It's a movie I'm really looking forward to. You got another one, Lily? Yes, uh, not-so-seamless transition into A Man in the Woods. The title of the movie is called A Walk in the Woods, based off of Bill Bryson's book, A Walk in the Woods, you know, doesn't deviate at all from the title of the book. (laughs) But the book talks about his hike of the 2100-mile Appalachian Trail, um, where he goes with his, you know, high school friend from way back when. This is when he's about late 30s, early 40s in his life and decides he needs to do something rather than be an author, you know, mm-hmm. go hike in the mountains for some reason. So he brings his friend, Katz, that he hasn't seen since high school, who is now a slightly overweight alcoholic who is problematic to bring on a hiking trip. And <laughs> they're... Trials and Tribulations is what this movie is about. Why would you bring um, a fat person on a hiking trip? Well, it, he didn't quite know that yet. Did I... he was fat? <laughs> Overweight. I'm sorry. I'm being insensitive. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. Um, no, they hadn't talked for a while, I guess. Oh, okay. I, there's hardly anything out for this movie as of right now. It's supposed to come out in September um, on the 2nd it, this year. Still um, summer. surprisingly this is not going to be shot documentary style uh this is going to be live action drama probably comedy because the book i actually did read this book and it was largely a comedy and not really anything you know too serious bill bryson the main character also the author of the book is going to be played by robert redford Katz is going to be played by nick nolte and christian shaw is going to be playing a character named Mary Ellen, which I think is some super annoying girl that Bill Bryson met on his hike. <laughs> I can't um, see her playing that character at all. <laughs> I could see her doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> She's great. I like uh, Kristen Shaw. Yeah, oh, I love so. Kristen Shaw. Awesome. I ended up having to read this book for summer reading in high school. Uh, going into my junior year of high school, oh, this wow. was the summer reading prescribed book. So my memory is a little fuzzy on some parts of it, but one scene I really hope that they recreate in this movie is where Bill and Katz have just started their walk on the Appalachian Trail. They haven't even done gotten into the two-digit mile range. And already Bill is just walking so far ahead of Katz. Katz keeps lugging behind, sitting down, taking breaths. 
And eventually, Bill gets really far ahead of him. He's like, huh, where did Cats go? I thought he was walking. So he turns around and goes back and finds Cats throwing all of their equipment over the side of the mountain because <laughs> it's too heavy to carry. Oh, man. <laughs> Things like toilet paper, oh. the water bottles, coffee filters. So it oh, really is a lighthearted book. There are some moments of seriousness and heaviness, but it was a pretty decent book for the subject matter, and I didn't completely hate it. <laughs> so, oh, that's good. Yeah. I think it would really be an interesting movie to see. I don't know how inclined I'd be to go and watch it. There aren't any trailers out or even posters or anything like that out right now, so huh. I couldn't be a judge as to how they're going to do it and how well it's going to be executed. I'd say maybe there's a 40% chance I'd see this movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Not very confident in your picks today. Well, you know, I they have some significance to me. That's why I picked them. Oh. You never know. Maybe we have some nature enthusiasts listening. Maybe they like to listen to our, our podcast as they walk in <laughs> some sort of grassy knoll or something. I would say it's probably a 70% chance I'll see this. Really? Because I want to see Nick Nolte as a fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> so... That, that sold me right there. And, uh, of course, our wonderful actress who plays Mary Ellen. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking through the cast list. Nick Offerman is in this movie. Oh, yeah, that's a... That's a yeah, yeah, Nick definitely. Offerman's great. You know, so anything with the, him in is great, so... He just played Ron Swanson in the film. Yeah. <laughs> this is how you survive the nature. That's right. <laughs> I'll probably see this. It looks pretty funny. I'm going to stick to my... 15%. Maybe even... You know what? I'll, I'll go with 10%. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah? That's Not interesting at all? I like movies. I like hiking. I like Christian Shaw, Robert Redford, and Nick Offerman. But, you know, combine those things and... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I wasn't so thrilled about having to read the book over the summer. But I and when I gave it a chance, it was it was all right. Which is good, especially if you're forced to read a certain title. It's You know, right. school is always like that. You gotta... You have to read this. It's like, oh, it's not really what I'm into, but that's always well, think, good when you find something that you like in that situation. I think your quote yeah. there should be a tagline. I didn't totally hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't despise it, so, you know, it's okay. That's a winner. And one thing I noticed, <laughs> if, if this holds true, IMDb has it running for 98 minutes. Pretty quick movie. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh, As opposed to T Tomorrowland, which is, like, over well over two hours. Yeah, that's a, that's a quick one. I don't think this has, you know, a Disney budget, so... No. It, clearly, it's not something they're seeing as a summer blockbuster. There's no teasers out or anything. A couple production photos, but... No, it could be a very nice movie, for all we know. Yeah. Okay, so I guess I'll do my next pick, which is the fantastic sequel, fourth sequel, in the Jurassic Park trilogy called Jurassic World. Quadrilogy now, right? Quadrilogy. <laughs> if that even is a word. Yes, it is. This movie uh, opens on June 12th in the United States. It is, a again, a sequel to Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, The Lost World, and The Horrible Jurassic Park 3. Oh, that was rough. It's basically the whole theme of Jurassic Park 1 just revisited. It's almost like a homage to Jurassic Park 1. It takes place 22 years after the end of Jurassic Park, which if you haven't seen it, here's some spoilers for you. It's a park of dinosaurs that they clone, and it's almost thwarted by Newman from uh, Seinfeld. Um, <laughs> and it turns out to be a bad idea to clone dinosaurs, but they keep doing it for some reason. Uh-uh-uh. Uh-uh-uh. <laughs> Perfect IT worker right there, Newman. <laughs> this is the same island... Isa Nu uh, Nublar. Isla Nublar. Isa Nublar, which takes place. Uh, the first one takes place on, and yep. it's it's at about ten years. It takes place ten years after they actually get a park up and running. That's a Jurassic World park where they have dinosaurs. So it's a functioning park. People go to it and see dinosaurs. It's like it was supposed to be in the first movie. Basically, the whole theme is that the company that owns this park. The attendance, for some reason, is dropping in Jurassic World. Yeah, because nobody wants to go to a park where actual dinosaurs oh, are. <laughs> if anyone... I'm sorry. If you get eaten at this park, it's your own fault. They have electric fences, Lily. Yeah. Really. I, Come on. 
All right. Well, and, well, won't catch me there on a Sunday. What they do is they the corporate people make them clone a hybrid dinosaur that is like a, a horrible thing. It's like a Tyrannosaurus Rex and all sorts of other things into one huge big hybrid dinosaur that's mean. Uh, and guess what? It escapes and starts killing people. What? Just like the first movie. Again, cloning dinosaurs is probably not the best idea. This movie stars some really fancy people, such as Chris Pratt, who played in Guardians of the Galaxy. Big action star now. Big action star was also in the awesome TV series Parks and Recreation. Yes. Also stars Bryce Dallas Howard, who is the daughter of Ron Howard, and she's quite a lovely actress. The Village... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's awesome so I look forward to seeing her in this film she plays like a corporate person where Chris Pratt plays a velociraptor trainer oh I thought you were just gonna end at velociraptor <laughs> plays a velociraptor. I was like oh man they're really stretching his tone <laughs> so I guess they were able to start training those things that killed people before clever girl <laughs> and the only original cast member they didn't bring back Ian Malcolm's character, unfortunately, which is very disappointing because I enjoy him, was uh, B.D. Wong. Do you know oh. who B.D. Wong is? Yeah, yeah. Yes! He's the dude from Law and Order. Do you know where he what, what movie he played in in the Jurassic Park series? Uh, he was in the first one, wasn't he? He was in the first one. Yeah. He was that geneticist. And when, when they, in uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Eggs. He was oh, with yeah, Samuel he was L. Jackson. That. That's true. He, I forgot Samuel L. Jackson was in the first Jurassic Park. Hold on to your butts. Yeah, hold on to your butts. <laughs> B.D. Wong was the scientist when they, you know, first showed them how they cloned dinosaurs. He was the geneticist who did it, and now he's also geneticist in this one for Jurassic World. Apparently didn't learn his lesson, because he's still making dinosaurs. I thought he was killed in the first movie. Yeah, I was just trying to think of that. I mean, it's been such a long time. But I guess he wasn't. I guess he survived. Yeah, so. good for him. Plays a character named Henry Wu. So it looks pretty good. I like that Chris Pratt's in it because he's a really decent star now. Um, really good actor. I wish that the Guardians of the Galaxy were in it. That would make it even a better movie. <laughs> if, you know, Groot was in it and, you know, Rocket Raccoon fighting dinosaurs. But what are you going to do? Well, is Mr. DNA in it? I, I hope so. He should be a star <laughs> in that, Mr. DNA. <laughs> Howdy, partner. <laughs> saw Mr. DNA. Oh, my God. We take dinosaur DNA from fossilized bugs. <laughs> Mix them with uh, that was frogs. A great impression. Mix them with frog eggs, embryos, and there you go, a dinosaur. <laughs> they can mate by themselves, so watch out. Oh, <laughs> they don't kill you. Well, I forgot how much he gave away at the beginning. They're probably gonna kill you, so don't don't touch them. <laughs> that one that spits looks harmless, but it'll, it'll blind you if it spits in your eye. Watch out for Newman. <laughs> watch out for Newman. He's a tricky one. <laughs> He's selling those embryos over there in the cooler for... He's putting them in a shaving cream bottle and selling them. Great product placement by Barbasol. That's what they said. Yeah, Barbasol. 22 years later and I remember it's Barbasol. Barbasol. Mr. DNA. I hope Mr. DNA is a character in this film because that would be fantastic. Finds an old VHS. What is this? (laughs) So the poster is really cool too. Like the main poster I saw. Like one of the posters. It's like Bryce? Yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard. (laughs) Looking out of a window, and you see like a profile view of her, and you see a profile view at your side of the window of this huge dinosaur hmm. staring at her. That's cool. So, hope they learned a lesson that maybe it's not a good idea to clone dinosaurs in this one, but I doubt it. Will they ever learn their lesson? I would say there was... No, no never. <laughs> There's a 100% chance I'll see this. This looks really good. I don't know if in the theater or not, but this is almost the kind of movie where you have to see in the theater. Yeah. Um, so I probably will get out to the theater and see this. Maybe I'll make it an anniversary present for my wife. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. How generous. <laughs> That'll go over very she likes well. Jurassic Park. She likes the first one. No, I have to admit, I'm not a huge theater person. Me either. I don't, and I don't like going out somewhere else to watch a movie. Why can't I just, like, sit in my chair at home and turn on the TV and watch something enjoyable? That's Hollywood's problem right now. You are not alone in that reasoning. Yeah, I mean, just make a movie subscription-based service online, you know? Release your movies online. Sell online passes. We're getting to that. There's a lot of VOD movie releases. Well, I 
for one, I'm all for it. <laughs> now, one, one interesting thing is, Sean, I don't know if you realize, but both of the movies that you have picked for this show feature Judy Greer, who played Kitty in Arrested Development. Of course I knew that. Well, did you also know she's also an Ant-Man? I did not know that. She's yeah. been busy this year. She's going to have a, a very eventful summer. And she's also in the next season of Arrested Development, which will be on Netflix soon. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, neat. I'll probably end up seeing this movie just out of tradition. I don't know if I got to see it at the theater. I've seen all of these movies in the theater when they came out. I saw Jurassic Park opening day, one of the few times I've gone opening day. I, like, begged my parents. I think I was, I must have been nine years old. And I read the book. And I was like, oh, we got to go see it. We got to see it. And we went to the dumpiest theater. It was packed. <laughs> but, uh, wow, what a, what a great movie that was, especially, you know, as a young child. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'll see this. I probably I probably won't for a long time. It'll be it'll be something I'll check out on FX probably. This will <laughs> well this will be one I'll see once it's in the theater a couple months like when there's nobody in the theater watching it anymore on a Sunday afternoon. But or I'll I'll catch it on DVD. So I'll say sixty five percent. Okay, that's what I I'll say. I'll say fifty. I'm gonna say fifty. Hmm. Okay. Okay, and for my my final pick. All right, my pick is Fant Four Stick, or at least that's how it is on the poster. It's Fantastic Four. I hate when movies do this. Ever since Seven came out and they, they put the number Seven as the V, everyone thinks they're clever doing this. But yeah, Fantastic Four. This is the third attempt at a theatrical version of the Fantastic Four. So we'll, we'll see what this ends up being. Uh, it stars Miles Teller, who is kind of on people's radar now from the movie Whiplash. And Kate Mara plays Invisible Woman. She's from the first season of House of Cards, which she got a lot of critical acclaim for. I like that they actually, I'm not, I don't know, did you guys see the 2005 Fantastic Four movie? There's only one, right? There's two of them. Well, okay. Well, here's, here's the issue with this movie, is that Marvel was losing money like crazy. And they, they needed to make money. This is back, I, I want to say, in the 80s. And they sold off their film rights. And this is why, all these years later, X-Men and Spider-Man, up until recently, were made independent of Marvel, because they sold off cinematic rights. And Fantastic Four was another one of these properties that they sold off to make some quick cash. So now, if Fox wants to hold on to the rights, they have to keep making movies. You can't just sit on the property or it will revert back to Marvel. So, they came out with this movie in 1993. They had Roger Corman, who was known for his terrible B-movies, and they had him direct it. This came out the same year as Jurassic Park. I, I believe somebody posted it on YouTube. It is a terrible movie. To think that this was ever supposed to be a an actual film adaptation. So... It actually got a premiere, if you even want to call it like a premiere, a little mini premiere in this uh, theater at the Mall of America in Minnesota. <laughs> it had one showing, because I think that's all they had to do for their requirement, and they completely shelved it. <laughs> yeah, unbeknownst to Roger Corman, unbeknownst to the, the cast, they thought this was going to be their movie, and all of a sudden, uh, no, we're not actually going to show it. And that was wow. that was it. Now bootlegs have since come out, so people can see how bad it is. But so then, finally, you know, Steven Spielberg was involved in, in somehow making a movie with the Fantastic Four. There's a long history you can research of it. So the 05 movies came out, and they were pretty terrible. Fantastic Four in 2005 came out, and the Fantastic Four Two: Rise of the Silver Surfer in 2007. Those movies were terrible. Yes. So yeah, I saw the first one, but I was at two thousand five. I was eight years old. Yeah. So I I thought they were cool, but I had no taste. <laughs> no, I mean, you know what? I love terrible superhero movies anyway. I own these movies in multiple formats. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know? true. I've seen them. It, but one thing that I never cared for in the Fantastic Four is the age gap between Mister Fantastic and Invisible Woman. It's always been really creepy. That he's, like, so much older than her. And even in the movies, it was... I think his... I forget how to pronounce his name correctly, so apologies. But I think it's Yoan Griffith uh, played Mr. Fantastic. And Jessica Albo played Invisible Woman. And it was just terrible chemistry, yeah. terrible acting. 
even oh even in the the Roger Corman Fantastic Four, they had a scene where he was in college and he met the Storm family and Invisible Woman's like a little girl and it was like really did we need it yeah it was terrible oh, so I like gross. that Miles Teller and Kate Mara are the the Mister Fantastic Invisible Woman couple in this movie Michael B Jordan is playing the Human Torch this Michael is... Jordan. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, I was thinking he must have had to pick the middle initial B because Michael Jordan is probably in the Screen Actors Guild because of Space, Space Jam. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. Uh, I would have hated to be named Michael B. Jordan or Wayne Gretzky <laughs> or any any name like that. That's that's pretty amazing that they're actually um, making a change. And I don't think the Human Torch has ever been an African-American gentleman before. This has been such a hot-button issue. There's been such a firestorm. All these puns are intended. Because he's an African-American character. And it, it's like, to me, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but how many black superheroes are in comic books? It's pretty, dis- you know, like... Yeah, very disproportionate. Well, the, the one question I have about this is Sue Storm, Johnny Storm. So they're brother and sister. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's where people have maybe an issue, but maybe he's adopted. I don't or she's adopted. Well, yeah, that's a, that's the thing we don't know. We we're going to see there is a character of, of Franklin Storm, Dr. Franklin Storm, and that's Human Torch and Invisible Woman's father. Now, he's played by an African-American actor, Reg E. Kathy. Maybe it's a mixed race couple. It might be or she is adopted because adopted. we we definitely know that uh they are his children. Hmm. So yeah, it's just switching up the story because you know we are they already had two cracks at the original story, and I don't uh, yeah. change all the elements they want as far as I'm concerned. That's fine. I think Michael B. Jordan's can do a fantastic job. I think as so too. Giant Storm. There are enough resources for Marvel to make any modern movie spectacular. Yes, in my opinion, they can have anyone they want do their movies, so it's gonna be good. Also, Jamie Bell is going to play the thing. Uh, not too familiar with his work. The only notable thing that's different here is that the thing will not be wearing pants. Oh my goodness. Yeah, which makes me wonder if we're going to hear the line, come on, I don't want to see that thing. I don't want to see a thing's <laughs> thing. <laughs> that's horrible. One thing I do like about this movie is that they're trying to make a, a somewhat close adaptation to the Ultimate Fantastic Four comic book. And in that, it's a little different. Instead of going into a rocket ship in outer space and getting hit by cosmic rays, and that's how they get their powers, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. They're actually going to be involved in a teleportation experiment. That goes wrong. Of course it goes haywire. It's got to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they end up in a place called the end zone. This is the negative zone from the comic books. And there's all kinds of crazy creatures in the negative zone in, in Marvel Comics. And this is where they get their powers from. And somehow they come back and they realize that they're completely different. And I, I kind of like that. The The only thing I, I, I don't like now is that they brought back Doctor Doom as the main villain. Why don't you like that? I like Do- Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom. I'm not a big Doctor Doom fan. Hmm. This is the fourth time now that he's going to be the villain in a Fantastic Four movie. And it just if you want to ground these movies, you want to make them more realistic... Having this guy walk around in a, a cloak and armor and his name, you know. <laughs> now, they did change that. I believe his face becomes metallic. His skin becomes metallic. They're not really showing us too much of him. Another good thing that they did was they changed his name to Victor Domachev instead of Victor Von Doom, which is a silly last name. <laughs> Do you think it's just because he's the most recognized supervillain in that sort of conglomeration of Fantastic Four like everyone always just associates it with Doctor Doom. Oh for sure. Yeah he's their main their main villain just like Magneto has to be in the X-Men movies Doctor mm-hmm. Doom goes with the Fantastic Four. But I would have liked them to take this opportunity to try something different there's these aliens called the Skrulls which have always been tied to the Fantastic Four the Avengers couldn't use the Skrulls because they're a Fantastic Four property that's why they had to change it to the Chitari. Oh, yes, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. And those are actually from Ultimate Avengers. So they kind of had to shift properties around because they didn't have the rights to the scrolls. and it's like, hey, you should have picked them up. These are characters that are, they can 
shapeshift. There's even a character called the Super Scroll, and he has the abilities of all four of the Fantastic Four. Or even like, uh, I don't know if they have the rights, but like Namor the Submariner. Get get the jump on the Aquaman movie, you know? <laughs> what? <laughs> the Aquaman movie is going to be awesome. No, but I mean, get uh, get the jump on on DC by getting your own uh, aquatic getting your own aquatic adventures going. I don't know. <laughs> this takes place in New York City, correct? Am I? Or that's where they're based. Fantastic pretty, Four. Pretty much, yeah. I, this is going to be the Baxter Building is prominently in the trailer. We'll see. Oh. We'll see before they, you know, because they could always do an X Men Fantastic Four crossover. But let's see how this goes. I've talked about this in a previous episode. It almost seems like they're giving these characters the Christopher Nolan treatment, giving a real dark and somber tone, when really these mm. characters deserve, like like I just uh, brought up before, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. You know, like a kind of a happy, bright, poppy look to it. That's, that's what yeah. these characters yeah. need, but... The cinematography in that movie is incredible. It's great. I never saw it. You're missing. You need to watch it. Yeah, check it out. It's a good. It's a good movie. I will try. I'll see what I can do. But for what that movie did for video games, or how that referenced video games, this movie could reference comics, and you know, I think it would make for a good movie. But again, we'll see. Now you know, might not know this, but there, someone in this film that has a share something with the other films. Do you know this? No. Judy Greer. Judy Greer is in Fantastic Four. <laughs> sure. Yes. Yes, she is. <laughs> Who does she play in that? She was actually a uh, a grip. Oh, really? Yeah, they needed a grip one day, and she just happened to be walking by, I, I saw. And they called her over, <laughs> and she did it. She helped them out, and um, she got credited. So there you go. Wow, very involved in it's movies. It's not in IMDb. You won't find it there. I just read about it. Oh, okay. Somewhere. So. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I would say there's probably a 100% chance I'll see this film at one point or another. I'm not sure if it's in the theater, but... Definitely on DVD. I'm right there with Sean. Yeah, and I'm going to have to say 100% too. This is what I hope. I hope it's either really, really good or really, really bad. Because either way, I'll love it and I'll watch it. But if it's somewhere in the middle and it's one of these, like, you know, mid-range movies uh, where I'm going to lose interest, I don't know. But I definitely will see it. Well, I go on a little rant here. I think we've we talked about all the films that we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Correct? Okay. I just have one little rant to finish this up, if that's okay. Yeah, please do. There were two films, well, actually, one film that someone suggested I, I re- review or put in here, and I, I've seen the, the uh, previews for it in the trailers. It's that movie, uh, it's a cartoon movie. My wife said I should talk about it, and of course I don't have it right in front of me. Inside Out, I think it's called. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of that. I refuse to do this film because it's a ripoff of Herman's Head from the mid-90s. So, anybody could take that as they will. <laughs> Herman's Head was a great TV show about people who controlled Herman in his brain where it played his personality. Yep. And that's what this film is about in a cartoon type thing, too. And I, I don't agree with that. And, and the other movie, in a more serious note... And that's a Pixar movie, too. Yeah, I probably won't see it because I don't like it. I... I, and you know what, not to not to interrupt you, uh, but before you move on, this is something I've seen so many times. I even Ren and Stimpy did an episode where, you know, the different parts of a person's psyche take on a different character. Or even, yeah. like, a different colored character. Like, I, I noticed from the poster, there's a purple guy, a red guy, there's a blue girl, a green girl. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's funny. I'm, I don't know, I might see it. I, I'm going back and forth about this you one. You have children, there is a 100% chance you will see Most it. likely I'll yes. see this film, but I'm not happy that they ripped <laughs> off Herman's head. I, you know, maybe they didn't rip off Herman's head, maybe it's the same people, but I, I, I thought initially it was a rip-off of Herman's head. If you ever see that show, it's a great show, I think it was on Fox back in the early 90s. Yardley Smith was in it, voice of Lisa Simpson. That's true. In yeah. which she, she does, Lisa Simpson makes a reference to Herman's head in one episode of The Simpsons. I do remember that, Inside too. joke, yeah. So, great show, and it just, like, seemed a little too close to home with Herman's head. You know, each one of these characters plays a part of their personality, anger and fear and worry and things. And yeah. they lived inside this room in his brain. So, I, I don't know. We'll see if it's, maybe it's be okay. But I had a little issue with that. <laughs> the other movie, there is a remake of the original Vacation movie. Yeah, I just saw ads for that, yeah. And this movie, the first original Vacation movie with Chevy Chase in 1980-something, 1980 maybe, was a a masterpiece. 
It's fantastic. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's it's National Lampoon. It's it's comedy, and some someone might disagree. I think it's a great great movie. Roll them this, up. This one looks... Roll them up. That's my favorite line. I always say that. This movie looks like absolute trash compared to, to that. It looks disgusting. It looks like it, it, it takes away from the original vacation comedy and spirit. I just don't think you want something so close to your heart redone. It's not even that, because I like the actors in it. It stars that guy who played... Um, Ed Helms. Uh, Ed Helms, exactly. Cherry Chase is in the in this remake. Yeah, as Clark. Um, uh, as Ed, Clark was Walt. Ed Helms is going to be Rusty, his son. Yes, grown that's up. where it takes up. But just the, the comedy I saw in this looks disgusting. And <laughs> I, I will not see it. I I forbid anyone in my family ever to see it. Ever. <laughs> and I shame on them for ruining or remaking this with some, some filth. So... That's all I have to say. That's my rant for tonight. Wow. You sound like you have some sort of like Chevy Chase shrine no, in your No, no, I just like that. I like that. And you know what? That's the only one I really liked. I didn't like the second one. Oh, your, uh, European, European vacation. vacation. Yeah. I didn't really like that one. Christmas um, vacation. I mean, yeah, that's all right. I mean, I, you know, but I liked the original vacation. I thought it was very funny. Then there's Vegas vacation. Yeah, and after that they started going direct to video. So yeah, cousin Eddie's their Vegas Your, vacation, yeah, island too. vacation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give me a break. They were milking that cow as much as they could. Yeah, and no, thank you. No, thank you. It just seems lazy what what everybody's doing now in Hollywood is just rehashing yeah. these old properties. You yep. know? Yeah, it's hard. I guess when you've been. Making movies, I mean, Hollywood's been doing its thing for years and years and years. I guess it's kind of difficult to be original. Yeah. So that's that's why I kind of want to mention it, not to bring attention to it, but to tell people not to see it. <laughs> because it, you know, looks really bad. Especially if you're a fan of the first vacation movie. Thank you. Sean is off his soapbox now. Oh, stepping off right now. <laughs> well, I don't think we're going to be able to top that. So anyway, this will probably do it for this episode of Hitting Play. As always, you can email us with your comments, suggestions, or maybe even some summer movies that you're looking forward to seeing. You can email us at hittingplayshow at gmail.com, and you can always talk to us on Twitter at Hitting Play. You guys have anything you want to plug? Yeah, if you enjoy video games, anything to do with that, look up Lilliputian22 on YouTube to check out my gaming channel. Um, I make jokes, play games, it's a good time. Same handle on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I have a couple things. I'd like to plug my brother's dog's Instagram page, <laughs> which was plugged last week also by my brother. Uh, it's Bon, B-O-N underscore Ginger. They're two dogs, and they're in pictures. They're very cute. <laughs> so please visit them and, and favor favorite them and like them. Also, I'd like to have a shout-out to a great TV show that everyone should watch on demand or wherever you can watch it, that just ended its first season, The Last Man on Earth. Yeah. Uh, starring Will Forte. I'm sure we'll do an episode of this in the future sometime. And Kristen Schaal and some other folks. Very good show. Just ended its first season this past week. Excellent. Excellently written and excellently acted. So go check that out. It's on uh, Fox, typically. So hopefully it won't be canceled the next day or two. Like most Fox things are. <laughs> and I think that's it. No, I agree. That's a great show. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at MC and Friends. You can find me there. I'm also on Vine. My name is MC and Friends there as well. There I do some flip page animation, little humorous cartoons. You can check those out. Also, please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It helps us out. And if you do, you will get a shout-out on the show. And we try to be very creative with those. And you can also tap to rate us. You can just give us five stars right there on our iTunes page. And it's just a simple click. And we definitely appreciate all that uh, you can do to help us. Well, we have been Lily, Sean, and Scott. And this has been a bonus episode of Hitting Play. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Good night. See ya.